Hey guys, welcome to the show. Today, we have Warsaw General for 2020 Photogap, Archangel Michael. He's going to come up here and address everything there is to know about Photogap. His uh, pretty much plan for what's going to go on. And I bug him a lot about some issues that I've had in the past with the game. And he actually addresses it and seems like he's going to try to fix a lot of the problems. And hopefully we can get some of the people that said that they were not going to come back to the game because of some issues. I, I believe he's going to actually fix those. He's going to address them. going to fix them. I want my friends to come back to this game so we can shoot each other, shoot at each other, shoot beside each other. But like I said, Archangel was a great guest. He a uh, great speaker. I can't wait to have him back on the show. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing all right. I'm trying to find out if I've got this on speaker or not. I can hear you fine. That's all I know. Uh, I can hear you, so that's working. That's good, yeah. And tonight, I'm actually going to remember to hit the record button for the video, so that's even better. Hey, baby <laughs> steps, right? Yeah, last night, I was like 30 minutes in, my uh, laptop closed off. I'm like, wait, why would it do that for? It's recording. Yeah, I forgot to hit the button. Ooh. Yeah, so... Nobody gets to watch my pretty face talk to talk to Finley. So, you know, some good news. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, how's this uh, whole corona thing hit, affecting you lately? Oh, I'm, I'm on the uh, third week of my involuntary vacation at this point. Yeah, it's, there's been a couple people on the show so far that are uh, involuntarily not working also. It's, it's rough. Yeah. I'm in the restaurant business, so we got cut before they even started doing state closures. It was it was early on. We got told we were done. Damn. Yeah. So that was a that was a quick hit. Yeah, it's. I, I had a, I, I had a buddy. He uh he wasn't feeling good, so he went home, and then he tried to come back the next day, and they're like, "You can't come back to work without a doctor's doctor's use," and the doctors wouldn't see him because he's not sick anymore, and he wasn't exhibiting a any coronavirus uh, symptoms. So they're like, yeah, we can't see it. So you can't get doctors known. Like works like, yeah, you're, I guess you're fired. That's ridiculous. Oh yeah. That's. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a hard one right there. Yeah. That's. So what, so like, I know some restaurants are doing the whole, uh, they're actually like doing curbside service. Yeah. A lot of restaurants Mm -hmm. have swapped over to that. Those that were in a position to even try. Yeah. Um, a lot of restaurants based on where they were or their, their facilities, that wasn't really even an option. Like you look at anything that's on the inside of a mall, of course the malls yeah. are closed too, but that first couple of weeks they weren't, you know, those, those places will, I mean, there's no way for them to do curbside. So, yeah, like, but, uh, my, uh, the restaurant I work for is doing curbside, but they just didn't need anywhere near the staff they had. So they hard oh. down their staffing. Man, now, we're all we're all technically listed as furloughed, so we still have a job, and they're paying to keep our benefits. Those of us that had benefits through them, so oh, uh, that's good. definitely that's... don't have it as bad as some people. Yeah, that's a good thing. Right? Benefits, it's... some people are just like, okay, well, uh, sorry, we can't help you now. Yeah, like, but do you think it's going to actually like uh, since they're they've had to change their business model to to keep up with the times right now? Do you actually think it's going to actually change the restaurant business a little bit? Oh, absolutely. I mean, without question, 
Uh, even even if someone were to roll out a cure for coronavirus like tomorrow, which isn't going to happen, but even if they could, that industry is not going to change because of the mental impact of this. When you look at the amount of like seating in the average restaurant and people are kind of sardined into them these days when you go into a chain restaurant, uh, no one's going to want to sit that close to another person anymore. No. The psychological impact is going to last for years. And that means restaurants are going to have to change their floor plan, change their seating patterns. And when you do that, you reduce the overall amount of money it can generate in a given period of time. Yeah. Restaurants are going to have to take that into account. Do you, do you think they're going to be uh, they're going to continue doing like the whole curbside service and like places that didn't deliver before are still going to, still going to drive delivery? Yeah, uh, there, a lot of them are going to see that there's money to be made from this, and a lot of people are going to transition the way they dine into doing that. Yeah. So uh, you're going to see a lot more curbside, but that was already happening. Um, the the sit down restaurant has not been a really growing segment of the industry for a while. Whereas the quick service restaurants, your uh, you know great examples that your Panera Bread, your uh, your Chipotle restaurants, places where people walk up, they get what they want, and most of them take it to go anyways. Yeah, those are a growing segment, or, or well, they were before this rolled through. Now nothing is currently growing, but. That's just the direction that, like, the dining mentality is going in the United States. Yeah. Like, I know it's, I know it's going to be, even if it's, like, little minor changes, it's going to be a different world when this is over with. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's crazy. It'll, it'll take us a couple of decades for us to get complacent and bored and, and sloppy again. And, and who knows, another 100 years from now, we'll have another major viral outbreak, just like we did with the Spanish flu at the beginning of the last century. Uh, it's cyclical. People make the same mistakes over and over again. They oh, just yeah. need time to forget the, how to do the right thing. Oh yeah, the latest I've heard is like, uh, this might be going away start around like certain states in June, but then like since we all did the whole social distancing thing, the virus never really actually gets to peak, so it'll be back in the fall, and that's gonna hit us yeah. again. Yeah, uh, the social distancing thing, the whole flattening the curve. Um, when you flatten the curve, you also widen the curve which is the period of time in which there is a danger. And the whole point of that has been to keep our hospitals from being overwhelmed. And on paper, that all makes sense. I understand why they're doing it. But the the social impact of this, uh, we're exasperating the social impact to limit the health impact. Yep. It's it's like, it's like if, if you don't do social distancing, you know, you know, your economy will flourish, but your old people, your young people, and your sick people are probably going to oh, die. Yeah. Uh, it's, and it's it's a devil's choice. You, you've got to pick which one yeah. you want to go with. And I don't completely disagree with the decisions that we've made. It It's draconian to say many people will die so we can continue to keep a strong economy. I don't think that would have gone over well. No. Every attempt at that line of conversation since this outbreak has started has received such negative backlash. But then again, the backlash, the negative backlash from a collapsed economy is something that we won't see for, well, I say we won't see. The worst of it we won't see for months. We're already seeing yeah. bad effects from it, but it's going to get worse. Oh, yeah. Like, like the people that are living paycheck to paycheck, they're, they're pretty much screwed Oh, yeah. Right the, uh, the unemployment spike is off the charts. We've already got a higher market crash and a larger percentage of unemployment than we did in the Great Depression in the 1920s. 
ridiculous. Like it's it's crazy times. Like, but like at least some politicians made some money off of it by selling their stocks off. Those bastards. Oh, anyway, anyway, um, so let's go. Ahead, let's go ahead and introduce see what see what you're doing. You're uh, you're actually going to general photo gap this yes, year. Yes, I am. It'll be my second time generally. I am the returning so, Warsaw champion. All right. So what was your? Uh, so what would you? Uh, how many? How many years have you been doing Folda? Uh, let's see. This up and coming year will be my fourth year at Folda. Okay. And what's your? Uh, what's your general impression of it as a player? As like, a player, uh, personally, yeah. I think Folda is one of the one of the most enjoyable events that I've attended, and I have traveled. All over the nation, well, I say all over the nation, all over the nation east of the Mississippi. I haven't gone too far out west. Um, yeah. But uh, I've, I've traveled all over. I've played for closing on closing on 30 years at this point. Fold the Gap is a phenomenal event. Yeah, it's, it's got big hills, but nowhere near compared to the big hills your home, your home uh Oh, yeah, yeah. I I know that one of the common things I hear from people that travel to Folda is, oh, it's so hilly. And then I'm coming from Mount Doom in in Hansville, Alabama. And Mount Doom's name comes by fairly. It it is literally built on the side of a mountain. Uh, I use Mount Doom as practice. And when I get to Folda, it's almost like a leisurely stroll. Yeah, we went there uh, last year, year before, whatever. And like, we were not prepared for those hills. It's... It didn't look like it when you first when you first got to the field. You're like, ah, it's not gonna be that hilly. But then you, you start actually getting on the field. You're like, oh man, this is this is this is a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. Mount Doom is laid out in an interesting way where when you're coming out of the staging area, you really have no idea what the field you're walking out to is, and then you oh, find yeah. out it's actually a mountain. <laughs> it's it's like uphill both ways. Like, uh, yeah, you you pass yeah, a whole uh, bunch uh, of old people on their way to their their old schools when you play on that field. Yeah, like it, it was, it was, it was pretty, uh, it was pretty intense, like walking those hills. But, but yeah, like it's probably the, it would have to be the, the worst hike I've ever had in my life playing paintball. Yeah, like, you have you have to have hill and you're already out of breath. Yeah, it but it'll get you. The field the field's nice though, but it's just hills get you. Oh yeah, well, Doug Arnold, the the field owner, has he has been in the industry since before I started playing. It's one of the 20 oldest fields in the nation. Uh, I don't know exactly where in wow. that list of 20 it falls, but he was uh, he was one of the ones that bought into the original uh, uh, action games, or whatever the original name was, through uh, Guernsey. Yeah. Was it? I think, I think there needs to be like a section of that field that's just like for old people. Is all oh, flat. There, there is. There is a. There's a great section of that field that just for the old people. That's all flat. It's the uh, pavilions, <laughs> oh. where, where they sit there and they tell <laughs> stories about uh, stock class paintball back in the day. Um, <laughs> like, so uh, this year, like, like I said, like I said before, like, this is your second year coming back yes. to, to general, and I, I can only imagine how uh, difficult it is to general fifteen. Oh. You get half of them, so seven hundred fifty to a thousand people. Like, how difficult that is. Like, actually, like herd that many cats. There, there is a lot of kitten herding that goes into it, but I have found that the best tool for making a situation like that is delegation. You have to have the right people to delegate to, 
and you have to make it a point. Don't try and handle every single issue yourself. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Like, it's there's a lot of different commanders out there, and like, I know Jason Mann was on here the other day. He's gonna be yep. on here tonight too. Like, I keep talking to him about it and everything. Jason's a, a phenomenal field leader, and I think given the opportunity, he'd be a phenomenal general. So I'd like to see him get that shot at some point in time. He's just really ugly. That's, that's all He's it got is. a face for radio. He'll be on. He'll be on actual video chat tonight. It's gonna be rough. Does, does he have some Instagram but, filters? Uh, I hope he wears his mask the whole time. It'll it, it, like a uh, soften the blow. It a little might. Bit. It might. So how's uh? Like, I know you probably don't know the exact numbers or anything. Like with with the coronavirus going around right now. How's uh, recruitment going for Well, it's hard to get a, a fix on recruitment numbers because registration doesn't open until sometime in June. Uh, so yeah. what I know is that I've got my command cadre completely filled at this point, including redundants. I've got uh, unit XOs that can be changed over to generals whenever necessary. So, Or not generals, but uh, unit command whenever necessary. And that's another thing that's a key point is you got to get those people locked in early. So, yeah. Oh, because, you, you know, the other side, they're trying to fight. For oh, yeah. Too. Yeah. It's... Well, one thing, it was good that I was part of I was the general from the previous year and I had all of my connectivity with people from the year before that. So you grab people that work and if they work, you don't change. Them. Oh, yeah. you, know, you don't fix what isn't broken. See, that's, see, that's what uh, Warsaw is. Warsaw is usually pretty good for that. Like. You've got the commanders that they're on this side, and like they recruit pretty well. Their units are always full, and you know they do a good job when they go out there. But that's like the downfall of the other side, NATO. Like they don't recruit well, but yet the same guys keep coming back to general to command every every year. That's that's the big yeah. That's I have I've like, seen that. Um, I have played on both sides of the event. So my first year, I actually played on NATO, and I noticed that there was there was a much sharper division between the command element and the actual field players for NATO than there was for yep. Warsaw when I came on the Warsaw side the following year. Oh, yeah, like, like Warsaw, the command, you can see the command unit, commanders of the units, right? they're actually out playing multiple times every year. Like, you know, what you they know the field, they're, they're at command a lot, you know, they know the field, they know how to play, they know how to recruit, and, like, people know them, so whenever they go, whenever somebody that isn't even having been recruited yet, they'll be like, well, who do, who do I play for? Well, I don't know this guy or this guy or this guy. Yeah, Jason Mann. I'm a, I'm a that was that was a key decision that I made when I took my first uh, first general lineup at the previous year. Was I made sure that I reached yeah. out to the same Warsaw commanders that had done it the previous year because I knew from that game oh. they knew what they were doing. Uh, the other thing is I kept oh. track of who had been, you know, who had been a strong force on the opposing side, and I reached out to them because I, you know. I wanted them too. I ended up uh, the first year that I was, was it first or second year? I think it was second year that I was leading the Spetsnaz because I, I came in. Honestly, I went directly from playing as a NATO player to being in the command structure of Warsaw. Uh, I ran Spets two years yeah. before generaling the last year. So I had to play against uh, Venom, who was the NATO special forces that year when I was uh, running Spetsnaz. And it was a constant back and forth. We were just beating on each other. And I knew at the end of that, you know, 
I wanted them to be on Warsaw side if I ran anything. And they were one of the teams that I made oh, sure yeah. I got in touch with early on. See, that's another thing. Like, that's another mistake NATO made. NATO allowed you to do that. Like, we have two really big teams that are active in, in North Carolina. And it's Paintball Soldiers and Venom. And in order for the opposing force to let you have both of those, both of those teams, that's, that's, a, that's a huge mistake right there. Like, they should have been fighting for them. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. Right. I, I'm, I'm not sure if I would even so much categorize it as a mistake as much as it is just simply, you know, I don't think they decided they didn't need them. They just didn't reach out as quickly as I did. Oh, they, they should, like I said, they, they probably, they probably know they need them, but they should have fought a little bit for them. Like they should have tried a little harder. You know, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I'm not saying North Carolina teams are better or anything, but I'm saying like, if you have a big team that shows up a lot, and plays that oh, yeah. field a lot. Probably one of the first teams you need to yeah. reach out home, to. Home team because... advantage is undeniable. You know, they play that oh, field yeah. on a recreational level because it's right there. It's home. It's just like you know, at yep. my home field, if someone was coming in to lead a game, if they didn't reach out to me or the players that live there, and they've made a mistake. Um, and oh, that's yeah. anywhere in the nation. That's... Any game you go to, the home field, the home team is gonna know corners of that field that you just can't know oh yeah definitely like it's like i say just in order in order to let two of the biggest team to the part i'm gonna say two the two biggest teams that play that field on on the same side that was something that that was a, that was a definite it's definitely a downfall yeah. for, for well also there's there's the travel and, factor like the farther the team has yeah. to travel the less members of a team will make the game there's just you know, there's a level yep. of attrition that you deal with when you travel. Like, I'm coming out of Birmingham, and when I came, I only had a handful of my own team, even though I was the general, make the trip. Because when it came down to it, money's a factor. Oh, yeah. Money yeah. and time. Like, because if we're, if we're up here, like, I'm an hour away from, from command. So I can I can go up there and, like, I can go up, go up on Thursday. I can go there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday and be back yeah. work Monday. But these these other guys, you know, they're having to take Thursday and Friday off and take Monday off for travel and like, a lot of places yeah. they can't do so that. That that hits a couple so of my people really hard because they're you know, their union so, jobs or there's something along those lines where, you know, they gotta be there Monday morning. Yep. That's just a fact. Yeah, so that's that's what I'm saying, you know, letting letting these two big big home teams on the same time, so on the same field, I mean on the same side is just kinda yeah. ridiculous. In a, but, in a like perfect world, I would think that the field itself would set aside and divide those two teams up, but they'd have to cut some sort of a team, uh, some sort of a deal to those teams to make sure they played along those lines. I've seen fields do things like that. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure why Command Decision didn't take that approach, uh, but I'm thankful for it since I have both sides. <laughs> yeah, and like I say, a lot of people won't. Like especially this year, a lot of people won't play NATO just because you know there's there's a there's a there's a big factor why NATO is going to be outnumbered this year. And like I said, usually usually I can say it can fall on the unit commanders because you know generals change every year, just about or every couple of years. But the same unit commanders yeah. are in place every year. They can't recruit like like I say, it's guys that play only folded. You know that's the only game they're they're going to play all year, and they're recruiting teams that don't really play anymore 
or were big back in the day or but like when they started playing it was 10 15 years ago and everybody's yeah, got I have, orders, uh, so you, I've you seen control. other examples where that same sort of command fatigue team attrition has happened uh Oklahoma D-Day is a great example of that uh you notice it's going away it's done and that's because quite frankly oh yeah it has had the same command staff and the same main teams for decades. And there are a lot of people that oh, yeah. they come together once a year to play. And that was it. That was their one game. Um, but there was also, there was a lot of team identity that goes into it. There are people that look at themselves as being members of the unit they play on. They don't even have a team per se. Uh, a great example of that was the group that I was with was the, uh, the D-Day, the, the Allied Rangers unit. Uh, they're they're a bunch of nutballs, by the way. So, if any of them happen to catch the show, I love every one of you. But I don't know a lot of y'all playing <laughs> outside of that, uh, with the exception of a few guys. Uh, Forgotten Monkeys is one of the teams that's part of there, and they're a great group. But that's a, a relatively recent team. But uh, yeah, just across the board for D Day, you have a lot of people that would show up for that game, and that's all they played all year. Yeah, that's and. The thing is, you have to if if you want to keep playing, yeah. you have to support your community, and you, you have to go more than once a year. That's 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 the whole thing. Like it's that's that's another thing. Like I don't understand why certain people get put in a command position that don't support the community, but then you got guys out there that are guys and girls, guys girls, whatever you want to call, that are playing you know ten fifteen games a year, and they're never getting their shot. Like. It's a lot. It's a lot of. It's a lot of like the. Uh, there is. There's a lot of truth to that. You know. Um, like I said, I, I said, I'm, I'm not hating on. I'm not hating on Folda. I love Folda. Like it's a great time. But could it be better? Yes, oh, yeah. and I think this is one of the issues. Every that- game can be better, and listening to the player base and getting like feedback is something that every every game producer, every field needs to do. Um, now, Folded did just yeah. recently go through a, a big change-up. They've got uh, a change in the event producers. And yep. this is their first run at leading it. So I'm I'm expecting there's going to be room for growth. There's going to be some transitionary oh, yeah. issues. Uh, there's There are no examples out there of a change in in execution that doesn't have transitionary issues. The question is, how well will they learn from them and adapt? And I have faith in the people that are doing it this time, so I think they're going to be able to learn a few things from this first one and come back better next year. That's awesome. That's that's, that's something that we really need. Like, just it needs to grow a little bit. Like, it doesn't need to get stale. Like, okay, you know, same people doing the same thing every year. That's, that's yeah. Well, and that's a lot of the mentality away. I feel behind bringing in unexpected generals. Um, like for instance, yeah. last year when I was given the general spot, most people had no idea who I was. Well, if, I think if anybody, most people around here don't know who you are. Cause, uh, you usually go to like I do, CPS I do work games. A lot more with CPS. Further, that's true. Yeah. You're further down South and everything. Like, like North Carolina's kind of like, uh, I, I say we're, we're kind of closed off to the rest of the uh, country. Like we have our own yes. little community here. And until recently, we didn't know a lot of the people that 
you know, quote unquote East Lev. We we didn't know who they were. And the, now now they're starting to show up to fold in some other games, North Carolina calls the CPX and everything. I said we and like we'll get like, hey, uh, can you guys come to this game? This guy's general, like you know you want to play for him. Like, well, we don't know who that is, so right. why do we want to play for him? And it's just it's it's just the way it's been around here. Like we've been I'm I'm not sure what I wanna say about it, but we've been like really kind of just I say closed off to the rest of the rest of the country when it comes to this stuff. Like we've some of us tried some of us have tried to branch out and go to different games out, out of state and everything, but pretty much we're really yeah, I say we're tight and I find here. that there's there are several regions that are like that, like the the Midwest. When I went up for uh, Living Legends, a very similar story. I traveled up into there and I found that there's a lot of really strong Midwest teams that are there in that Great Lakes area that just don't know anything outside of their community. They have no idea who's over in the in the you know North Carolina region. They don't know the West Coast. I don't know the West Coast, really. That's a completely foreign environment for me. Um, Florida's another really, like, tight-knit group. Florida has some of the, like, Florida has some great players down in that area that just won't travel. And they've got oh, yeah. plenty of scenario like, fields because they've got practically year-round weather when everyone's not quarantined. So you get, you get a lot of experienced players coming think, out of that area, but they don't travel. Oh yeah, I think I think it's part of what our problem is too. Like we have just yeah. so many fields up here. You can you can pretty much drive an hour in any direction and hit a field. It's so we we pretty much don't have. Uh, to I, wanna, go out I want you to play. know just how envious of that I am. I love Mount Doom, my home field, but it's an yeah. hour and a half drive from where I live, and the next closest field to me that hosts events with any regularity is four hours minimum. So every game I go wow. to is a travel game. I get uh, Doom we, hosts we went there. one real scenario a year right now, and that's the uh, the Dragonfire Aliens game that's coming up in uh, October. Yeah. And, yeah, we, we yep. drove 13 hours that game. We're like, it's, it's October, it's in the mountain, it's going to be nice and cool out there playing. No, it was hot as hell out there. Like, 80... It was only like 80 well, degrees. 80 degrees in Alabama comes along with a uh, a soup-like atmosphere that makes it even worse. That's <laughs> we don't get oh, easy on you. That that and climbing those hills too, like it, it just like we it's something I wasn't ready for. I was like October's gonna be nice and cool, you know, whatever. Yeah, I was stupid. <laughs> yeah, you you got hit with uh, summer's last gasp, as we like to call it. You, you that pop in October where I mean, summer just it, roars back and says, "No, you're wrong." It it was nice in the camping area, just like stepping outside your tent and seeing the seeing the mountains over over the ridge line. That, that was pretty nice. It's, it, it's got to have one of the best views. Oh yeah, I've ever been to a game. Y'all were uh, y'all were but over in the low area just, there by the curve to the entryway, weren't you? Okay, I know exactly where yeah, you were set up. Yeah, was, that's a great. It was view. nice like, looking up there. Oh yeah, it's like I said, it's it's a great field, but just those hills are so. <laughs> I, I had no problem with the field myself. Like game production, I did have an issue with those uh, those refs just speeding by like every five seconds on their four wheelers and and the damn tracker all the time. Yeah, they were just kind of. There were some questions pissed. about uh, the safety from the referees the way they were driving around. Um, it was the first game I've ever been to 
where I threatened to kick everybody in the production's ass if somebody got like it was it was ridiculous how how they were being out there. But like I say, the field was great. Yeah. Field staff was great. It just those refs were uh somebody needed to take them out in the parking lot and kick them in the ass a couple times because it that was you know, every time we try to push somewhere, all we hear is this horn honking and like somebody flying by fast as hell by us. Like I'm like, we had we had a kid with us. I'm like like you run that kid over, it ain't gonna, it ain't no, gonna, it ain't gonna look no, pretty for everybody would, else. That would have ended poorly. But oh yeah, but that's but see, that, that wasn't on the field. That was that was definitely the outside outside production's referee and everything. So that was that wasn't the field. But that's 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 the part that got me mad. Like it kind it kind of like it kind of yeah. put a quality refereeing is something that is. How best to say this? It's hit or miss sometimes with production companies because only a handful of them have dedicated referee teams that they bring in. Um, so yeah. sometimes they're they're dealing with whatever they can rally up the day of, and that's not a great way to run things. I you know I can no. rationalize the reason why it happens, but I don't like it. Um, sometimes even with big events, yeah. you find that just because they need more referees than they normally have, they get a lot of voluntolds that join their ref team. And then at an event, it's hit or miss. Like a classic situation I dealt with was, I want to say it was 2017 at Fulda. I had somebody uh, hit me dead center and I looked down and it's first strike, but it's not field first strike. And I'm like, well, this is this is off-field yeah. paint. So I'm going to grab a ref and let them know they need to do something about this. Well, I grabbed a ref, explained the situation, pointed out exactly where he needed to go check, and he walked over and he started opening hoppers for first strikes. <laughs> he was an airsoft ref. Yeah. You know the first thing about how the equipment works. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's how uh, 2017 they were definitely still using airsoft refs. Like, they were uh, – I guess, like, if you played – because I, I, ref, I ref an airsoft game. Right, so and vice versa. They did this here. thing for people. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's a different world airsoft is because, like, I was standing up in the middle of, of Alpha, and I was getting shot by yeah. airsoft, uh, airsoft pellets. And the airsoft was like, how are you doing that? You're getting shot, and you're standing. I'm like, because I'm used to getting shot by paintballs. This isn't anything right now. And they're, they're not used to, like – the paintball refs would like go over and check the airsoft guys. You know, what are we supposed to really check for? You know, yeah. you say you shot somebody, but unless I saw that, unless I saw that pellet hit somebody, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. And then the airsoft airsoft refs, they seem to be more uh, timid when it comes to yeah. Stuff. Well, they they don't want they don't want to get hit. Here. Yeah, that too. Uh, there were I watched an airsoft player last. Uh, when I did when I did the the refereeing, they we were down in Alpha and like. The, the commander was there. He's telling everybody to get down because, you know, they're going to get attacked. And one guy just stood there. And the commander's like, he's like, get down or you're going to get shot. He's like, get down or you're going to get shot. And he's like, I don't want to get dirty. And then he got oh, shot. Hey, hey. Yeah, like he, he actually told the commander, I don't want to get dirty. And I'm like, oh, okay. That's, then don't come out here in the mud then. Like, the year we did it, there was a lot of guys that, wouldn't even come onto the field yeah. because it rained a couple nights before. Well, like, I'm not going to say that I'm a, a fan world. of like it's a playing in a knee-deep swamp, although I've done it several times. 
But if you're not willing to at least get a little dirty, like, then outdoor sports isn't for you. Like, you can get dirty playing frisbee no. golf. It's... So. Oh, yeah. Like, these, these guys were like, they took, they took it seriously, but until it got to the whole dirty part. Like, they, they were out there, like, eating MREs on the, on the field and, like, sitting back-to-back buddy style and all this kind of other stuff. Like, but once it got to, like, getting dirty, yeah. like, yeah, I don't, know any of that. I, I don't like, even know what to – I'm I was going to let let that conversation kind <laughs> of was... wrap itself up. I don't even know what to say about them without being uh, <laughs> unnecessarily critical. Um, yeah. <laughs> so what what have you got coming up anytime soon? I mean, I know the coronavirus is out there and the, everything's the like next limbo. thing is, that I still have coming up on my. I was looking at Ewo, but Ewo's been canceled or not canceled. It's been rescheduled for next year uh, and. That's I'll look at that next year. Now, the next thing that's really on my docket, if it even still happens, is going to be Dreaded Legends in uh, in June. And that's going to be out in your neck of the woods. That's yeah. uh, near Myrtle Beach. So. Oh, yeah, that's I'm, uh, I'm planning to go on that one. Yeah. That is a dynamic like, field, black ops in uh, in Myrtle Beach. It's it is a very fast paced game. To oh, play yeah. there. I would. I. Uh, I would go so far oh, yeah. as to say I feel like it, it's a little too fast paced. It's uh, with the two command posts so close to each other the way they did it the previous year. The first three hours of that game was like a nonstop, like final battle center flag match because we were just beating on each other. Oh, and I think it caught a lot of the players that showed up for that one off guard, not knowing that. I don't think it'll have the same impact on the players. I think they'll know what they're walking into this time coming in the second year. Um, a lot of people burnt out real yeah. fast last year. The volume of paint in the air. Well, see, I mean, I mean, I made a joke before we got there. I was like, because like, somebody told me how big it was before I got there, like 13 acres or something like that. I was like, jokingly, I said, that means as soon as we step on the field, we're going to be shooting each other. I laughed at all because I was like, "Yeah, I was, I'm, just, I'm exaggerating stuff." But then we got to the field, and like, as soon as oh, yeah, the field, you were shooting from each other. One entry gate to being within range of the opposing entry gate was 15 to 20 feet, less if you were shooting first strikes. Now, I'm, I'm a fan of first strikes. Oh, yeah. I use them myself, although not in large quantities. But uh, I like their involvement yeah. in paintball because I, I think it adds an extra layer to the game. It's more dynamic. But that's one field where I looked at it and said, you don't really need these here. Just because it's so close at all times. No. And it was pretty much wide open. Like, there wasn't a lot of trees. Between the two command posts, no. Block your shots either. Now, once you got past those and tried to get into the mission area, um, it was a little little more cover out in that area. It was a little denser. Um, I think it will be better for the June game because – a lot more of the foliage will have grown by then, whereas the previous year was what? Uh, yeah. It was in March? April? It, April the ground April, cover was still not yeah, fully bloomed at that point. So. Yeah. It was, it was quite uh, a... Yeah, I've heard they, the uh, area, they, they said they got they rid of that. moved a whole so. bunch of dirt in, filled in the swamp area, made it less of a, less of a swamp. Uh, but I'm used to Dreaded Legends yeah. being a swamp. I mean, the first three years it was held literally in a swamp there were alligators on the field um, 
I liked tracks and trails. Don't get yep. me wrong. Although there like were some policies down there that I wasn't thrilled about. They had they had some alcohol policies oh, yeah. that, uh, well, as a pirate, I had uh, issue with. Uh, see, see, we uh, we camped out there, and like I said, I have nothing but gr- great yeah. things to say about the field. We, we were there last great. year, and nothing but great things to say about the field. The field was great. You know, we camped. You know, we came in, said, "Hey, this is how big our camp is." You know, because they were charging for like uh, it was like thirty bucks for campsite or something yeah. for per tent that would fit a certain amount of people. And we told them, "Hey, you know, we got a different kind of setup. You know, we got these campy tents that we put on side campies, but." We're technically only going to take up enough space as a as one tent. Like, okay, yeah, we'll pay for one site. And you know, thirty bucks is yeah, kind of a lot to pay for a tent site when you have no water hookup, no power hookup. You had to position your tents away from yeah. either cow pies or anthills. And then the rest of the field that you're camping in, there was only like two or three more campsites out there. So it wasn't like you were paying for to, for because it was in high demand. So. So whatever we we were like whatever you know we'll we'll pay thirty bucks just cause we don't want to go to hotels we want to spend we want to spend night in the field you know this is, this is how we camp so we'll pay that thirty bucks and then late at night like midnight or so or a little later their security guy came around trying to hassle us and trying to get us to pay more money and he was like oh no you guys got to pay for three more campsites that's like ninety yeah. more dollars you got to pay it right I, now I heard of several complaints and, along you know, those lines he he went. He, he waited until late at night when people had already been drinking and partying to where you're not yeah. functioning and when it, at that point, it would you. not make sense to try and break and, your camp down and move to a hotel site if you disagreed with that. Yeah, that's... that's... And we had people that... We, he, was, he was telling us he was going to kick us out that night. And I was like, so you're going to kick out drunk people, make them drive down the road. I'm like, that doesn't yeah, make sense. And then on like, top what, of that, what, like, what do you want to do here? They can be culpable for the fact that y'all were drunk because they had a bar on site. Yep. And the thing was, like, he finally backed off and said, okay, you know, well, first thing in the morning, I'm coming out here at six o'clock in the morning and I'm kicking you guys off, off, off the field. Like, you guys can't, you guys can't camp here anymore and you guys won't be able to, won't be able to play either. And, uh, okay, well, he never. He never came. We talked to DJ, and DJ is sitting yeah, down. So DJ probably never came did back actually handle weekend. that situation. But they, we had we had a similar complaint happen to the yeah. uh, the MVP but, compound, and based on the way it had been set up, and we had we had paid, and we had a very similar setup, I think, to you, where you're using the the clip in tents yeah. that attach to the the ten by ten canopies, and we had yeah. discussed with them based on where we were at that the canopy was the uh, was the tent and the the clip-ins were attachments to same said tent. I think the same guy came by through and wanted to talk to us about that. Yeah. Now, I wasn't in camp when that happened, but um, needless to say, they didn't get any more money out of us either. No, like, I, I was uh, I was re- trying to recover from a blackout, so he really got belligerent being on that one. If, if I'd have been, if I'd have been like a few more drinks less than I had, we would have had a little bit of an argument there because uh, it was just. Like I said, he, he was he was basically being a predator at that point because he waited until the point when everybody can't yeah. leave to come out there and try to extort money. And that's that's why I'm glad that that game got moved to a different field because it would have probably kept me yeah. from well, going back to Yeah, well, there were other issues that just also that one to it. One, one jet- because it was so far away from a central population of paintball players, 
it was one of those things where they knew they couldn't really grow it any bigger than it had gotten at that location. Also, Tracks and Trails was not really yeah. – they got a paintball field, but what their original intention when they set that place up was was as like like a festival venue. And that's why they're, they had their policies in place involving campgrounds yeah. and all of that. And they just wanted to continue running that. And a big music festival, I understand why you do camping rules and camping fees the way they had set up. But that's a very different animal from a paintball scenario. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Like, like I say, you know, 30 bucks is a lot. But if you get, like, say there's, you know, a, camp, a campsite yeah. set up like, that's not in a cow, cow pasture. You have power, or you have you have some kind of amenity besides yeah. one Porter John for everybody that's in the field. That that's that's something you know you pay thirty bucks, but here's here's just a here's a field here. That's all that's all it is. Yeah. Here's a field. Give us money. That that was that was a little money. And then like by the way, you might get you might get eaten by a gator in the middle of the night too. So like that was that was, that was always good. But now now the oh, yeah, that they have there was I, I love that. I like that. I like that they had that option there. But then again, that same option presented another challenge because they had licensed alcohol sales on property. That was why they kept telling everyone that they could not have their own alcohol in their campsites. Be, and that has to do with licensing laws. Wow. And I understood why they were doing it. But I would rather go to a paintball field that wasn't selling its own alcohol and bring my own alcohol into my campground. That's my personal preference because, one, yeah, I, I mean, like to drink what I like to drink. Sorry, I just do. And, uh, two, yep. I'm not someone who wants to drop seven bucks for a cocktail. Just... No, especially not, especially not when you've already paid registration and paint and, and you're using all your equipment. Thing. So yeah, no. It's it's just it's a little weird. Weird to me. I don't know. Like oh yeah, say, it, it was, was a fun trip. It was definitely and one of the best me, trips. It was though. a big thing because I was I wasn't just down there to uh, just to play paintball. I was down there with MDP, and we had stuff that we were doing all over the uh, all over the area outside of the game itself. So yeah, yeah. You guys, you guys yep. do a little more in paintball. We we. We were just there to party. Like we played, played some paintball. We partied. But it, it, it was, it was like I say, you know, I would, I would go back if, if there was an event there. But it would have to guarantee yeah. that we would not get hassled in the middle of the night. That's reasonable. That's, 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 that's incredibly reasonable take on it. And I, 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 I don't think they could guarantee that either. Well, it's, it's kind of immaterial. Get the away with certain people. Down. They're they're no longer open for business. Oh, yeah, they that was back. Wow, uh, I didn't know close down, close down. I thought, I thought it was, was before the new year they shut down officially. Um, I don't know all of wow. the wherewithal that led to that, but I think it was a case of uh, they built it, but they didn't come. They they'd made that big facility to do certain kinds of business, but they never had a music festival held there, as far as I know of. Um, they had the the trails for the off road races, but. I think they had a lot of people use it as a practice field, but I don't recall them ever hosting a main event. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think the Punta Gorda is a big retirement community too. So not lot, there's not a lot of retired yeah. folk out there and it riding, was, riding motocross. It just never really became what I think they thought it was going to be. And it was losing money. And that this is just, this is yeah. my guess. I don't have any inside info on it. 
So. Yeah, like I said, it's we. This is the second field I've been to in Florida. Though we went to Gator Extreme outside of uh, Tampa. That's oh yeah. Any chance to get that to was Florida, like I said. I that was part of the Florida's reason fun. why, despite some of the discrepancies with the event, I had a good time down there because well, hell, I was in Florida. Uh, it's it's on my short list of places oh, yeah. I would move to if I left Alabama. <laughs> It's like you're yeah, drinking there's no rules in Florida. You can just do what you want to. Oh yeah. <laughs> so let's see. Uh, what else? Like, I think uh, there's a game here. Ho- hopefully, they're they're allowing the fields up here to to stay open as yeah. long as you follow social. Distance I saw that. Guidelines. It was uh, a news article or, that uh, what was it? Black Ops Myrtle Beach was in. Yeah. Both. Both. I think. Uh, I'm not sure about the other, both of them, but like, I know uh, the Paintball Central's up here, okay. the Rock Hill and Greensboro. They're letting you come out, and so is Boston, Locust. So yep. it's just they, they got they got some kind of letter in the mail or something saying you know as long as you follow the guidelines, you can play. But I don't know if you can follow the six foot guidelines no, uh, the, at an actual scenario event for recreational play. I think you can pull it off to some degree, but. I got mixed feelings on how I think field should handle that. I don't want to tell them don't do it because I know a lot of these places really do operate on that thin line of financial solvency. Um, I don't want them to not, I don't want them to fold and collapse. That's the last thing I want. But I also look at it and say, can you really maintain that level of, of sanitation at a ball field? Like now I'm going to give black ops, Credence yeah. because having been to their facilities, they're not an average paintball field. Uh, you know, Black Ops, North Carolina, the the one that yeah. we were just at for Bones and Ashes. You know, you go in there, they have options and yeah. facilities that a lot of paintball fields just don't have. So, oh yeah, like they have a nice little uh, what the hell you gonna call it? Like, there's yeah, a shop in there I mean, where you can buy a whole bunch of stuff, is, air is more yeah. like an actual Bathroom. storefront than anything I found on most paintball fields. Uh, but the fact that they actually have like proper bathrooms oh, and yeah. not just like you know, like they built it onto the side of a building, but like it was structurally planned, you know, and they've got the ability to yeah. do quality sanitation of the equipment they have. So I feel like they're the exception to the rule, though, not the standard. Hey. Oh yeah, they're they're exceptional. Most places are not that not that well equipped. No, it's yeah. You got porta johns in most places, and to get like the porta john. Oh yeah, like I know a lot of fields that I've traveled to where you know that the porta john that they have is on like at best an every two week pumping cycle. And you you show up and you know it hasn't been cleaned. Whereas like you go to other events, like this is one thing that I. I have always enjoyed about the CPX events I've gone to is that I wake up the next morning and they have had someone come through and, you know, and reset all of the port johns like at 5 a.m. So. Oh, yeah. I usually just use the woods. Like, I, I don't like port johns at all. So I, I go out in the woods. And if I, yeah. if I have to like do anything, like I'll go, I'll go to Planet Fitness and take a shower. So. That's how that's how I run stuff. Yeah, I know. I kind of I kind of where I uh, you know when I first got into paintball, the idea of spending money on a hotel was just offensive to me. Like, of course, you camp out on it, but I've I've changed my tune a lot over the years. Oh, yeah. I, 
I, I do not, uh, don't stick my nose up at the idea of a hot shower. I think, I think I'm coming around to that side now too. Cause, uh, yeah, it's, I, I like being able to, you know, drink and then go to bed and not have to like worry about driving anywhere, but I'm also getting a little older now. So yeah. See, I the key, start, this is the key. One day. As you become an older but, paintballer, you get a hotel room and you get a young teammate that's going to be responsible for driving your junk, drunk ass back and forth. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's why like, we got to grow. The make sure they're under 21, right? <laughs> well, like, I know Foldergap, like, you pretty much have yeah. camp right now. If there is one thing that I'd say that like, they really, I, uh, if they could find a solution to it, one problem that Foldergap has is that it is outgrowing its campgrounds. Oh yeah, like I don't remember it being this bad a couple years ago. Like it, it was, it was bad a couple years ago. Where like, if you got there early, you might find a spot. Yeah, now no, if, like, if you, you don't set up camp on Thursday, uh, you've got to walk. And if you don't set up your camp by noon on Friday, you don't camp. Yep. Um, one of the things that I think is contributing to that is yep. that and like, we have a lot of people that will show up and set up a camp that's big enough for all of their team to stage out of. But most of their team is hoteling it and then driving in to use that camp. Yep. And see, and see, like that's, that's another thing. They wouldn't let you. They wouldn't let you do that a couple yeah. years ago. Like, uh, yeah, I was. I was there for coming one out year for that. Areas. Uh, what was the and team? They, I want to say it was uh, one of the SAS chapters. I don't know which one it was, but they had roped off an enormous section and gotten away with it. And then when you walk yeah. through there they had a fair amount of waste space in their camp that just wasn't being used. Oh yeah. Like, like uh, I know like a couple of years ago, they were, if you like roped it off and they were the, the yeah. field, field, field crew was coming down and cut, cutting your ropes down because your stuff wasn't there. You weren't there. Like it's, and like you would sit there and you'd have your camp set up and then somebody would come up and ro- like throw a campy down and expect that oh that's, that's my spot well no like if yeah. you're not here and our buddy comes in we're gonna move your <coughs> yeah stuff they, they needed to he's gonna be here you're not gonna be here if they so, were gonna have some areas that were like for 10 by 10 like staging points that weren't actually campgrounds that needed to be marked as something separate so that actual campgrounds were available yeah yeah that's that's, that's one thing i need to do like because i know they separate the yeah. rvs people park rvs are different different part of the field. They need to separate everything. Like, you know, if you're, if you're yeah. staying overnight, you can camp over here or over here for NATO. Or really here for what they need off. is, I don't know how you make land appear. I don't know what's going on with the properties on either side of them. Um, there was talk, I think about them having like a separate area for parking and shuttling people. I don't know how used that got. If that, that central column of parking space that's uh, right behind where the airfill station was, was fourfold a gap turned into additional camping. I think that would make up a lot of the problem. And then you just have to have the cars parked elsewhere and that shuttle run. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you got, you got teams that have been there for years and they show up. This is my spot. You know, I'm not going to move from my spot. Well, yeah. Well, no, you have to move from your spot because other people are coming in too. 
and back in the day, people used to make these big camps. Like, yeah, I know uh, the CEF. They they have a huge. Well, there camp. was a, there was an it's instance that I ran into in this very last year. Like, so I was showed had, where the the Warsaw General Camping Area was. Like, this is where the general sets up his camp, and I look at it, and it's enough space for four Class A bus style RVs. That's just for me to use, and I'm like, are you kidding me? I don't need. I'm sleeping in the back of my Acura. Uh, I, I don't need all this space, so. I told my units to set up pavilions right there for staging ground. Like, you know, just come set up your area right here to get prepared, which yeah. technically, according to the way they map it out, we weren't supposed to have. But what else was I going to do with all that space? That just seemed. Yeah, it seemed wasteful for me. Now, I have I have been there years wasteful. where I pulled up and there were some of those big RVs there like. uh I want to say the 2017 and 2018 years when I was uh, with the uh, Spets, there were a couple of big RVs set up there. So. Yeah. I, I know paintball soldiers, they have a lot of people come out. Like they have yeah. a lot of people. And here, they've like, got one of the, one of the, the whole unit, the non-mobile buses that's been converted to a, a cabin, if you will, is set up where yep. they set up at. And like I know I camped with them like last year and year before and all, and it's so yeah packed I saw deep their compound like they actually they set up a really slick on. compound so, like they had the cabin bus itself and then they had this circular okay. array of tents with only one way in so they knew all their stuff was pretty much secure and that's another thing about camping is when you're all spread out there's no security yeah your stuff can grow legs real quick no yeah like. We we we've camped there for we've yeah. had like we've had the place camp like closed off with tarps and everything, and you still get, you still get people that, like they'll raise tarp and look at yeah. look into what you're doing like oh, yeah nah, camp, you, you don't belong here campsite you, security you is one of those things that yeah teams have to develop a system for because otherwise, uh, you lose things. Oh yeah, like we we made we always made it where like uh there was one entrance yep. one exit, and you had to go through the whole camp to get to it. It, it it made it a little better for us, but it's like it's it's a photos photos good yeah, time. Yeah. But like I mean, said, once again, there's a couple that's every couple things that every make event it has places where they and, can uh, where they can grow where they can improve. Oh yeah, oh yeah, but like I say you know you're going up against uh, some people this year that probably won't get a lot of you know there is a lot of players to back that. them up. Um, hey, whatever. I question what sort of a what sort of recruiting they're going to get based on the response they've gotten. But on the other side of the same coin, um, I think that bringing in new blood, just like you were saying earlier, is, is a good thing to do for the event. And they are new blood. Now they're controversial. Yeah. Um, they have well, definitely rubbed some people the wrong way. Don't have a problem with them personally. I, I like the command bros. Um, oh yeah. But, I know that this is a very different event from what they what they do normally. Um, they're big big players for the uh, Mission Master yeah. series of I, games I and big proponents of that style. And Folda does not play like a Mission Masters game, right? And they don't have a big following here. Like they got following other places, so here it's not. They're not really. They don't have a big following. A lot of people don't like them. So it's gonna be hard for them to get. It's gonna be hard for them to actually recruit from the area. 
So they're going to bring people in from yep. out of state. Well, they are hopefully those teams can bring a lot of players. A, uh, off of a win from a but, Super game. And I hear they're going back to that one this year if that ends up being held. I don't know exactly whether or not that event's been affected yet. Yeah, I, I haven't heard anything one way or the other about that event. I was going to go. So I think a lot of how they do at that event will have an impact on how well they manage to recruit for this one. I took a very different stance when I came into the 2020 FOGA. Yeah. I made it a point to focus specifically on this game, and I turned down other command opportunities uh, for the season just to make sure that I could stay on top of this yep. event. Well, it is and it isn't. If That's this were much a game where I knew I was coming in as a complete outsider, um, I would know that I would need to travel around to meet, greet, handshake, and try and get people to come. The fact that I'm coming in as a returning meant that it's very different. Now I have to yeah. show people that I've already led once before that this isn't a fluke. This is, this is how business is done. Um, they're doing it from the same way I would have had to yeah. have done it the previous year, which is... They'll find people. Yeah. See, like, I don't know, like, Folder Gap's had some, uh, had some generals before that, like, yeah. don't like to communicate with their, everybody. You know, my first Folder, I was still young, and I was still making, like, a lot of noise. Like, I'd call people out for stuff on, on stuff. Well, their general that year, I was part of the Warsaw page, yeah. And never heard that general or never saw the general make a single post. So I made, I made a question. I was like, Hey, uh, what's going on here? You know, you haven't seen a single post yeah. this general. Uh, Wait, do we have a game plan? What's going on? I made I pay, I made, I made people mad by asking that question and like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm paying for the game too. You know, I'd like to like know that somebody's actually trying and we got our asses handed to us out here. Like, I was think that year, the, like, recently that, that, uh, Warsaw that wasn't the 2017 beat, year, was it? I don't know what year it was. It was, I can't remember her name. I can't remember who, who the general was, but it was, it was, okay. This was, so no, that, this, that it was a first year plan. So there was, was one where at the very last second, so 20, there was some, uh, there was a big shakeup in the command structure. The general got changed over. Yeah, that was 2017, and I was I was in on the command structure. Yeah, was that, that was actually how I got into the command structure of Warsaw, because I think if it had been one of the traditional generals, they, they probably would not have reached out for me. But uh, I got tapped to do that, and then the command structure kind of went silent for a while. And there was there was some real-life yeah. issues that was going on with, uh, with Maureen Armstrong, who was general that year. Oh, yeah. So I don't falter at all, like. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't look at it because when it comes down to it, like the real world does have to come first. Yeah. Um, but it was it was a a real. Oh yeah. It was well, a scramble see, to try was, to figure out what we were doing with a brand new game plan, and the fact that we pulled out a tie that year, I was very pleased just with that, considering where we started. It was a week out before we even had any real communication. Yeah. Well, see. Oh, I know. I know. Uh, and See, both like, sides were a lot of people aren't very happy with the time, by situations. Like, and, and, and I know all about that. But at the end of the day, yeah. I could look at it from a command point of view and say, yeah. I knew where we were when we walked on the field to start Saturday. And the fact that we didn't get our ass handed to us, I was happy. Um, oh, yeah. Well, like, okay. 
the one the one I was referencing that wasn't Maureen. That was the one before her, uh, two years. Like I say, like I say, I, I understand that like that like things can come up and you know paintball isn't number one in this in the whole thing. But like when you have seven hundred people that are depending on yeah. you for a game plan because you, they want to come out and play and spend their money, and yeah. you can't take five minutes out of a year to make one post. It kind of rubbed me raw a little bit, like. Like it was just you know make a post and like the only time that they started posting was when people called her out like well, after the game you know some people got upset and you, you they went they went on that uh on the Warsaw chat and were like this is bullshit you know it's because of this and this and this and amazingly yeah life had just well, life had just people are real back quick up to they, defend they themselves when and they're being called they out. Response. They're not always so quick to open themselves up beforehand always. to being called out, and it you can't have said the wrong thing if you don't say anything at all, right? <laughs> Which is a poor direction to take it in, but oh yeah. Here, here's the thing: like, bring bring up that whole subject. That's that's one that's one thing I hear from a lot of players that they have a problem with the command staff. You know, they. Uh, you know the command staff. You know, general. He talks to he or she talks to the unit commanders. Unit commanders talk to their people. Blah blah blah. blah. Well, there's a lot of players yeah. out there uh, that's, that go on the field not knowing what they're doing. That's kind of most scenario games, like, just to be honest. And that's because a lot of people that play them don't make any effort to be involved in the command structure. Well. A lot of people I've heard from, they like they they say that like they would go and ask like yeah, the well, commander, hey, what are we doing? That is and they're like, we'll tell you later. And or I try yeah. to hammer into the people that are working for me that we yeah, are like, as much as we yeah. are, you know, unit commanders and generals trying to win a game. We're entertainers. People are paying their money to have a good weekend, and part oh, of yeah. that is engaging with these players. That's what we've been asked to yeah, do. Like, um, Oh yeah, and see, like you got you got guys like they're like, well, if a general would ask us to do something, we would have done it. But no, or a general or our unit commander would have said, hey, go get this. We would have done it, but like we're out on the field, right? And nobody tells us what to do. A lot of that also has to do with having some sort of a communication structure. Like it's a it's a delicate balance how much communication yeah. you want to have coming into you in your command tent. Um, I made it a point where I was locked into reaching to my unit yeah. commanders and their XOs and a couple of other key people. And that was all the communication traffic I had coming into my tent because anything more than that would have just been overwhelming. But each of those units is supposed to have some sort of communication network to oh, the yeah. teams within their unit. And that's how you kind of get that information out there. But on top of that, you have to have supposed that presence on the, com- on the actual battlefield to engage with the players that are there. Some people are really good at that. Some people, not so much. Yeah. Some people get locked into the idea that they're there to actually hammer the hammer on the trigger and do the fighting. And you need those people. They're not necessarily the best leaders. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, like, last year I was, I was pretty much balling with the Voodoo Kings a lot. And you know they go they go there. There's yeah they got ex pros. They got current guys that are like D two on on the field. They got they got really good players, and they'll go out and do work. But 
you know, Reaper, Reaper made a point of calling them out at uh, on one on the last show he was on, saying you know it yeah. was noticed that they were out there, they were out there hammering hammering the the opponents well, every time, but but they didn't do any missions. Well, Matt Sossman, he he listened to it, and he said, yeah, but nobody told us to do any missions. Like I we, we asked, you know. We asked you, know, hey, hey. Okay, well, I'm going to give do? you a little bit of a fill in from like the behind the scenes. All people do is say, go for it. To fold the gap and missions. There were only three missions for the entire event okay. for the, the Warsaw side, and they were all specific to being done with the special forces. Um, and from what I understand, every year you only get a handful of okay. missions. It's basically a you know hold field position style game. And the instructions that I was giving out is, well, this is what flag is yeah. we need people hammering on. So send people to hammer on this flag um, and prioritize flag A over flag B this particular hour because the points shift around. Um, I've got a, a, a spreadsheet that spells out how it's yeah. it's calculated. And I, see, I got no problem showing it to you. I don't think it needs to be hidden information. Um, but... No. No, it's not. It's not that. Like, like I say, it's not like people don't need to know everything, every little, every little detail. But it's like, you know, you go out to the field, and like I say, if you're not in the know about what's going on, you're just going out to the field. Like, you know, you start where you're supposed to start, and you might know but where you're that, supposed to go first yeah, thing. What direction you have? Because I, it tells you no, to do on the web page, but like, the, not, not, not right. Yeah, but then you got, then you got teams that are coming up like. Oh, there's a unit commander here. Let's ask him what he wants us to do. And instead of saying, "Hey, we gotta like attack this base or we gotta defend this part of the area," you know, this, this is what's going on. This is what's going on. He's basically going, "Um, go shoot those people over there, or, or stand by, or we'll do something here, or go talk to that guy." And it's it's a lack of communication on the field for most. Of it. Like you can run into three or four different unit yeah. commanders just walking from from Bravo to the tree line sim, and you hear four different four different versions of what. They want yeah. to do, but they don't. They don't tell you what to do. They I, just say, "Oh, go, go over there, and go over there, go over there." Honestly, it's, it's so. For everything I've been led to understand, that's probably about the most realistic aspect of this simulation. Um, people don't always know what's going on, and the unit commanders. I love the group that I had, but if they well, weren't a focus at that point, I wasn't dumping more information than I thought they could use on them. So, like when it got to also, it got to a point where we yeah. had pushed the line so far ahead of where projections would say at one point I got told, you know, just tell your player to have fun because the game's already won. You know, it was midday Sunday when I got given the instructions that yeah. it was, it was mathematically oh, impossible yeah. for NATO to win at that point. I stopped giving orders at that point because at that point I just wanted the players to go, you know, go shoot their paint, have fun or heck come off the field, go, go grab a cold one at this point if you want. And it's funny, and I said that over the radio, and all of a sudden, the Warsaw players yeah. were fighting even harder. We backed them all the way into their start gate, which, that's not something that happens at Fulda. They found out they'd already won, oh, yeah. and it just like, made them fight even harder. I, I don't understand that no. at all. That defies psychology. <laughs> usually, usually when you tell somebody to have fun, they, they actually go out and, like, they stop worrying about getting shot or anything, because because I coached okay. uh, I coached a, a, a D five uh, CFOA team last year, and they were getting they were getting stomped. You know, they lost they lost the first four points, 
And I was like, you know what, guys? I was like, look, you're not making the playoffs, playoff bracket. Just go out and have fun. And they won three straight, like, to end, to end the day. I'm like, it's just – telling people to have fun, like, it changes okay. their mentality a little bit. But what I'm saying is, like, well, I'm going back, going back to my point because I'm going to hound it in here because I've heard people say they're not coming back to Folder Gap because of this reason. Like, like the camping thing, people will, people will glance over the camping thing and just say, you know, that's part of the game. You know, but when you go on the field and a team goes up to a, to a unit commander and they ask them what to do, and they pretty much get dismissed because it, it, makes, yeah. it makes the team feel like what they're doing on the field isn't important. Like, don't, you're only focusing on the certain people that are in command. Like, like if, 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 this guy, if this team right here knows what's going on because they're in the, they're in the command section and they're in the command chat, but you don't know what's going on, does that mean their 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 money is worth more than yours? And that's what it makes people feel like, because especially when they go out and ask somebody, "What do you want to do?" Right, and I, and I you pretty much get blown up because you're not that part I of that, group. that. And I want to make sure that everybody is as involved in the process as I can make them. And my line is open. Like I've got I've got you know my messenger sitting right here. Mm-hmm. I've got my phone here. You know. Anybody that has any questions leading up, I encourage them to reach out to me because I want everybody involved. And during the game itself, you know, I'm there in my command tent and I am, you know, I'm handling, juggling and handling radios. But I will make time for any and every player who wants to ask me, how can I help? That's that's awesome. That's that's what people are going to. That's what people are going to want to hear. Like. They want to hear that they can come talk to me because before, before like a few years ago, you know the command tent was one of those places where, yeah, it was almost like a taboo to try to go in and ask somebody, hey, can I come in here and talk to somebody? It's always it's always been like, well, what 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 the fuck are you doing here? You know, you're, you're not you're not worth you're not worth anything to come in here. So it's it's driven that that fact has driven quite a few people away from coming back to Folder Gap, and I know. I know, like a few people it's not tradition. showing up to a. It's to not a good. I don't want to hear of people saying like a lot, I don't want to go. It does. I'm fine yeah. when someone says I can't yeah. go. Here's life reason, or I've got it, a different game just, I'm going to, and that's my focus. But when someone just says I don't want to do yeah. that, well, then there's got to be a reason, and we need to address that. And if it's reasonable, we fix that. Yep. And oh yeah, like like I say, you know. A lot, like, uh, there's a lot of people that go out there. Like, it, it can yeah, be their fault. Yeah, there's, too, there's a lot. Of they that. don't ask, you know, or they don't read. They don't read the in, the website, saying what's going. On. And they're like, "Well, I didn't know what I was doing." Well, did you try to ask yeah, them? Well, no. But but we're those not people, talking about I understand, those people. You know, if they because don't know what's going on, there, them. there are there are some people out there that but, uh, you know, there yeah, are cows you other... can't lead to water. Yeah. But the cows you can lead to water, we want to let them know why they need to drink. Yes. Yes, I'm like, like I say, like I say, my my thing is, if a team does come up to a commander and says, "Hey, you know," because usually commanders up there, he's he, him or her, they're kind of standing in the back of the watching, helping their team, helping their team do what they're doing. You can take two seconds to say, "Hey, yeah, I appreciate you guys, you know, coming up. This is what we're doing. This is where I need you." you know, that that right there would change the aspect of people feeling like they're unrecognized. Yeah, yeah. You know, at the end of the day, and you know, sometimes there's, there's, there's a few people that there get recognized up on the podium. I will be the first one to hold my hand up and say, and, "I may have made a poor choice 
in the previous year because I had some people that were in my ear constantly about what they should be doing, and that was impressive to me. And then I found out later that they were a much smaller force on the field than I had been led to believe. And you'll you'll get that in every game. There's always going to be that one person that's going to kiss your ass the whole game because they want you to know their name over and over again. Like, like it reminds me of the office when yeah. like when Dwight was trying to be the manager and he kept like referring to himself the white manager whatever. It was it's you got those guys on the field and honestly when you're commanding that many people, that's going to get that's going to be sitting in your, sitting in your head. Yeah. So so. Stuff like that, you know, I understand, you know, sometimes, you know, mistakes can be made. But my thing is, you're not, not everybody's going to get recognized for the effort they put in. Yeah. Because there, there's, there's only so many awards out there. Rest. There's only so yeah. many minutes on the stage you can talk. But, but, but when a team comes up to a commander and says, yeah, no, that's, what do you want me to do? Um, and you get the blow off, it's kind of like a slap in the face. It, I've personally seen it happen. Over the last, I've been doing this five years. I've seen it happen multiple times over the last five years, where you just, yeah, you just, you know, you're with a group, and you may you may not even be with your team, but you're with a group of people, and you see that one guy with the radio, and he's talking on the radio, he's calling stuff in commands. So you're like, this guy's a new commander. Hey, boss, what do you want to do? Oh, uh, we got it taken care of. He's just go over here. I'm like, well, that doesn't help me out at all. That, that means, right. That means I, my I time, see your my money, completely, and is not as valuable as yours or somebody else's. I will, uh, I will go ahead and give you and the audience that's a guarantee that that is a, a concept that I'm going to make sure I address directly with my unit commanders so that they know while they're on field that their purpose is to make sure they are communicating to all of the players on our side, not not just a select few. Well, I, I appreciate that myself because, like I say, I, I have friends that – I want to see every year come to this game. And when they tell me they're, they're not coming next year, it kind of bums me out. I'm like, why aren't you coming? To, this is why. Well, well shit, I, that needs to be addressed. So, I, I you know, well, yeah. personally, I mean, I'm going to go out and do what I once do. Once again, this is an entertainment activity. I want to be with my friends. Yeah, and that's and that's when, what people are paying they, for. They're paying to they have a good time. And that's why you yeah. can be on the losing side of an event and drive home having had a blast Oh yeah, if you had a good time. And you can also have brothel oh, yeah. stomp your opponents oh, yeah. and go home with a bad taste in your mouth because the event wasn't fun. Yeah, I've, I've had a couple that were like that. Oh, yeah, definitely. I've been there for that. But like, like I say, you know, you know, I, I understand all in all, you know, it's a big-ass game. You know, your name's, your, name's on the, your name's stamped on the game. You want to go ahead and make sure – that when people say what happened, Folder Gap 2020, this guy won, his command staff won, also. So you got a lot of stuff on your shoulders. But there's also the fact that there's little teams out there that are just getting started. There's teams out there that are right. playing this game every year. Well, I see that. I want to say that I, I come at it with a very you know, different they're not approach. valued. That's, that's, um, that's my. That's I would it. rather players remember having had a great time playing for me, regardless of what. I think, and I think that shows that my interest is in seeing to it they enjoy the event. 
is more important because that's what they're paying for. Like I, you know, like I was saying, players, like when I played on the NATO, oh, yeah. I don't know whether or not we won or lost that game. I wasn't part of the command structure at all. I don't remember the score at the end of that event at all. What I remembered was the time I had. I never even heard the score. And I had a great time. That's why I came back. And that was, uh, and now you're, I was involved with a command structure oh, yeah. that was telling me what to do and where to be and, and why I needed to be there. Now, I did butt heads a couple of times. I will say that uh, I love the Wilson yeah. to death. I would never want to uh, want to avoid a game they're at, but they're intense when they lead. Uh, yeah, I uh, actually, John wasn't the most intense. John is very intense. wife, Kathy, she was in. Yeah? She she's an angel they're very intense but but they were doing what you were saying nah, they were, they're both, they're sure both they were engaging like, with anyone love, that walked up they, they didn't turn the anybody away and there were great leaders for that um nope that's that's why they usually get picked first you know, like on small yep. teams like the small games like like <laughs> If they're coming out to the I, game, uh, they usually get picked I to reached lead. out to them. I believe that when I spoke to them, and it's it's been several months now, so I don't remember the whole conversation. I think they said they were stepping away from command for this year. Um, though I, I could be wrong. They could find their way into NATO's command structure uh, this year as well. Well, you know, and to be honest, at, at I think he says I that pretty much every year. Back, and then I got like, a lot of pressure from a number a of players and, and from the new event producers to, to reprise my role. And I said, well, to hell with it. I've, I've got to do it. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you got to, you got oh, yeah. to establish. You, you a, got, you got, if you, if you win sleep. one, you got to come back again. That's just the way. Oh yeah. Like, like I say, like I say, you know, hopefully, hopefully some of my friends that said they weren't coming to Fulda this year will listen to this podcast and they'll change their mind because You've, well, you've, you say you're going to address I, as, some of the issues I know general about. Can. I mean, when it comes to like stuff on the field itself, how the events run, I've got no control over that. But communicating with my command oh, staff yeah. that they need to be inclusive to as many of the players as yeah. possible, um, starting not just at my command tent but on the field as well. Yeah. You know, that's just that's just a minimum basic standard for good game running, and I will. I'll make sure that that's harped on and not forgotten. See, that, any of these players that uh, that have claimed that Foldy Gap was a question mark for them, uh, that have their their reasons why they suspect they wouldn't attend, feel free to let them know. They can reach out to me personally. You know, I, I will sit down and address that with them and let them know I hear this and I will do everything I can to address it. That's awesome. Like. The yeah, issue, I made the suggestion about a ski about, lift, and, damn uh, and uh, there was much laughter, uh, followed by a very stern no, <laughs> and that look. <laughs> yeah, going to duck it in hamburger, that's just, Yeah, actually, I would say, it's if no there is Doom, a spot damn, after a long day of fighting, truly feels Lord. comparable like, to playing Mount Doom at Command Decisions, it is walking from Folda up to Duckett. That that reminds me. Um, I would say walking oh, yeah. from Folda up Hamburger Hill, but it's a shorter walk. Yeah, it's it's 
it's, it gets a little intense out there. Oh, like, yeah. Sossman had me walking all through the damn hills. I, I, was, I was cussing him out the whole way. I shot him in the back. I shot him in the back at one point, and he shot me in the air. But whatever. Oh, absolutely. But, uh, it's been fun. I, I, I appreciate you coming on here and addressing this stuff and like talking to me. Alrighty. I'm gonna, well, I, uh, I'm gonna let I you get back to the Saturday the show. Thing. It's been a whole lot of fun on my end as well. I'm glad I had a chance to talk with you about it. And I hear you've got a, a good show up and coming with uh, Reaper and Reaper, so I'm gonna make sure to tune into that one. Yeah, it's, it's going to go live about 6 p.m. Eastern. Oh, like, fun! We're fun. all gonna get on um, the webcam somehow. Like everybody's gonna look ugly to each other. I think it's interesting I think to see the dynamic on that because on me, uh, the two Reapers are. But they're different people. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, like it's that's it's very uh, strange. All right, but well, they're, they like each other, so that's good. And I look forward to uh, talking with you again soon. All right, well, absolutely. Thank you, sir. All right, night. All right, hey, you come back on anytime. All right, guys, it's time for the part of the show where I whore myself out. This is going to be the sponsor segment. I don't have any sponsors, but I do have my own companies I run. I have Wooly Man Meat, W-O-O-L-L-Y, Customs, and Wooly Man Meat Beard Company. I uh, provide jerseys for paintball, pants, pot packs, whatever you need, soft gears, everything. For a really good price, really high quality. I also do beard bombs, beard oils, and lip balm. So hit me up on Facebook. Hit me up on, uh, if you got my phone number, you can hit me up there too. And I'll get something to you. Good prices, good product. Hit me up. <laughs>